Thanks for tuning in to The Happiness Playbook, a podcast where we explore the why and how of happiness. I'm your host, Neil Hooper, and I just wanted to remind you that life is a team sport, so let's play together. We have a very special show and guest today. Joining me is Mandy Mon, and she is a master dreamer and has a lot of very exciting things to share with us. Mandy is a wonderful and daring soul who can be found at any moment chasing and often catching her dreams. She is helping others do the same through her health and transformation coaching program. She is thrilled to be living out her dream life with her family and helping others do the same. I can't wait to dive deep into all the things with you. Mandy, welcome to the show. Hey, Neil. I'm so excited to be here. What an honor to get to chat for a few minutes and have a dream session. See, this is where it's fun because it's a topic or or several topics that we are both passionate about. So I am very excited. But before we dive in, I want to just make sure we start things off right with this train of happiness Can you give us just a little train horn sound for us? I will, Neil. (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) You are awesome. She did that in our conversation before we got going. And I was like, man, we got to share that gift with our (laughs) listeners. So thank you for that. (laughs) Mandy, I know how awesome you are, but I want you to share your story with our listeners so they can get to know the awesomeness themselves. So you're a master dreamer, but maybe you weren't always that way. Take us back on your journey. What's your story? This is my favorite thing to talk about, Neil. So I'm going to try really hard not to get too excited uh, (laughs) and talk too fast because I get really excited. So six years ago, I started my first vision board. And I was nervous about it because I really was in a job that I was in for many years. And I liked my job, but I always felt like there was something that I was meant to do, but I didn't know what it was. And so I started reading the book, The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. And Jack Canfield heavily goes into vision boards. I don't know, Neil, if you've read that book before, but if you haven't, you should. I just added it to my Audible list, so yeah. I I will get there. But I know who Jack Canfield is. He's amazing. Yeah, he wrote The Chicken Soup for the Soul. And so he wrote a book called The Success Principles. And I will say, if you need, if you want something that will lay it out, what exactly to do, he like maps it out for you. It's awesome. And so highly recommend that book. So I was reading the success principles actually with my office, the um, people that I work with in my office where I worked. And we all decided to make a vision board. And so we all, we started like dreaming what we wanted to create in our life. And I want to like pause for a moment and talk about dreaming. So Mm. I feel like most of us, we lose that ability to dream as we become an adult. When we're kids, if you were to ask a a child what they want, they could tell you in less than two seconds. Like they know exactly what they want. They know what it looks like. They know what it, they, they could go into detail of exactly what they wanted from Santa Claus, probably what they want even next year. 
But if you ask an adult, they might pause for a moment and be like, not sure what to say. Because we can't, as an adult, we, I, and especially as a parent, I feel like often we give that to everyone else in our family and we put ourselves on the back burner. And so I really, luckily though, I am a child at heart. So dreaming to me <laughs> came very naturally. Um, I was able to awaken my inner child really easily. And so we made our vision board and I remember one of the things I wanted to put on there was I really wanted to become a mom. At the time, I was about 38 and 37, 38, and I wasn't a mom yet. And I really wanted to be a mom, but I was scared to put babies on my vision board because I was scared of being disappointed. But mm-hmm. I, one of my coworkers was like, why are you resisting? And so I put it on my vision board. I put a boy and a girl on my vision board and I put on there, I wanted a house, just the generic things. Like I wanted babies. I wanted a house. I wanted to weigh under 200 pounds. I think those were like the first big things I put on my vision board, which is probably a common thing people want. They want a house. They want to lose weight. They want to have kids. Uh, the car maybe gets yeah, on the there car, too, right? Yeah, just the basic things on there, but it was things I really wanted. And so I put it on my vision board and then my vision board just sat on the ground for a couple weeks. I never hung it up. <laughs> number one is hang up your vision board because you, you got You have to be able to look at it. So I didn't do that for a while, but it probably took me like six months to hang it up, to be completely honest. But Within a couple of months, I became pregnant. And wow. within a couple of weeks after that, or months, however long it takes to find out, I found out I was having twins. And then I found out I was having a boy and a girl, which was exactly what was on my vision board. And when that happened, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I better hang up my vision board. So <laughs> <laughs> I better get that at eye level, right? Oh, wow. So, so I hung up my vision board and then I was like, wow, wow, this is amazing. And it humbled me a little bit to be like, okay, when you put it out there into the universe and when you really start visualizing what you want, wow, a lot can happen. And so I was really excited about that. So that's how it started for me. So I'm like exploding with questions. I'll try not to ask too many. I am curious. There's a lot of approaches to doing vision boards and I don't want to get overly tactical right here at this portion of the conversation. Having done lots of vision boards myself, like how do you go about a vision board? Are there any best practices or like things you feel strongly about and how to do one? how to to do one in the the most effective way? I really like that question, Neil, because I feel like that's what holds a lot of people back is they feel like it has to be perfect. They feel like it has to be this grandiose thing. And my biggest advice is you need to do what resonates with you. Some people have a whole wall that's a vision board, tons of things. Other people, I know this one of another mentor that I really appreciate Kirk Duncan, who has three key elements. He literally- I love Kirk. Yeah. He just puts masking tape on the wall and then he just puts what he wants in that. That's an example. Like 
there's no right or wrong way to do this. And I feel like, I really do feel like most people, they hear the word vision board and it scares them because Mm -hmm. they think it's going to take all this work and they think it's going to be overwhelming. And a lot of people, when you say to the, even if you say to somebody, oh, you're going to have your annual conversation with your boss. It's like, like you like dread and you like are dreading the minutes till you have to meet with your boss and talk about your performance appraisal. And I think a lot of people may be put vision boards in that category of a daunting task. But what my biggest thing would say to to whoever's listening right now is make it you. Make Mm. it fun. And some people resonate with pictures. Other people resonate with words. There's no, I promise to you, there's no right or wrong way to do this. And it will evolve. And what I use is I just use a magnet board. So I can just constantly be putting things on it with magnets. And I have a lot of things on my vision board. But one thing I do is most of mine have a really big theme of what I want. And what I do is within that, I break it down into miniature goals. So I can constantly be taking things off my vision board. really like that. Yeah, I chunk it down. If I have a huge business goal, I I have a bunch of little things on there too. I have the big thing on there. That's what works with my brain is to have a big goal and then have little goals to help me reach that goal. And And the power behind that, it's so important to do that because what you have when you go about it that way by starting big with the ultimate outcome, or I like to use the metaphor of scaling a mountain, right? You got to define your mountain. And from there, when you break it down into milestones and where you want to go, but based on that long-term vision, then you have alignment. And that is where you get momentum because you're excited about the direction. And now you can tie back this action, right? This day-to-day grind, when you have clarity about where those actions are taking you and you're excited about it, that is when the light bulb really turns on for people. And that was something I experienced as well in corporate America. I was in a Fortune 100 company and it was a great company, but my day-to-day grind, I couldn't connect where that grind was getting me. And I wasn't excited about the direction it was taking me. And so I had all kinds of mental health problems and and physical health problems creep in because of that misalignment and the depression and anxiety that comes along with that is it can be very damaging. And so I love what you're saying here because, and, and again, tying this into play theory and the principles that we teach on this podcast, you have to be present But you also have to let go of the directions and the goals that are imposed on you that that aren't exciting to you. Because if you don't and you're giving into the social compliance of what others feel you should be doing, then you're not going to have that alignment. You're not going to be excited. And that day-to-day grind is going to cause lots of problems. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I feel like the universe dropped me a bone in the beginning. They gave me like a big goal. (laughs) Like like they dropped a boy and a girl on my lap. And I was like, whoa, okay, I'm a believer. And there's a couple lessons to be learned. And I'm, those of you listening, I'm a very open person. So I'm going to share some things that are really personal. And I, my intent in sharing it is hopefully just to inspire people to never give up. 
And so vision boards are great. And sometimes things happen really fast. Like my pregnancy happened and it was amazing. So the next big things I had on there was the house and I wanted to weigh under 200 pounds. And so I wanted to share just a little bit about my babies. So I became pregnant, like I talked about with a boy and a girl, and I was so excited. And right a week before they were born, I found out that my little boy had Down syndrome. And I was so excited. It sounds weird, but I was so excited because I know how special those souls are. And I was so excited to get to have that experience to share a life with my little Charlie boy. And after they were born, they were born two months early and it was a really scary pregnancy. My little boy, Charlie, ended up having high drops and they had to do an emergency C-section and he did end up passing away after eight days. And that was really hard for me because here I am, a new mom, my little girl, I lost my little boy. My little girl, Rosie, was in the NICU for two months and I just lost it a little bit emotionally with food and I started really turning to food a lot and emotionally eating because that's always been my go-to when I'm stressed, I eat and I actually had an appetite to eat because my whole pregnancy, I didn't. And so after I got to bring Rosie home, I remember looking into her big, beautiful eyes. And at that moment I was like, oh my goodness, you deserve a healthy mommy. And at the time, I weighed about 320 pounds, and I had swollen ankles. The doctor was giving me water pills. He was talking about me needing to wear compression socks. And here I am, a new mom. Almost, I was almost 39, and I was like, I'm not going to wear compression socks. This is ridiculous. So I decided, I always had on my vision board that I wanted to weigh under 200 pounds, and if you remember, I talked about, I started vision boards six years ago. So years went by and I would look at that on my vision board and it would just almost seem impossible. Most of the things I had on my vision board were pretty grandiose, big things. And I didn't do what I talked about in the beginning that I would break them down. This is what I do now. But back Mm. then I just had those on my vision board and I would just look at them and I would just stare at them and I would be like, okay, I had my baby, so I know this can happen. So I would just look at them and dream about it and wait patiently. And yeah, I I knew I needed to make a change to my health. I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to focus on this goal, like really focus on it. And so I started this epic journey of health now with a new motivation. And my little girl, Rosie was my motivation, but also my little boy, Charlie, that passed away. He's actually been my biggest cheerleader up in heaven because He's always wanted me to be healthy for Rosie. And so every single day at 11.11 and and 1.11, he cheers for me to keep going. Whether you believe that or not, it fills my heart with joy every day. I see those numbers and I know that's Charlie being like, mommy, you could do this. So I started my journey of health, 320 pounds and I was terrified because this time I knew I knew I couldn't fail because I needed to be healthy for my little girl. I needed to be able to be the kind of mom she deserved. My heart changed when I became a mom. And so I started this journey of health and quickly I realized the biggest transformation I had to make were the six inches between my ears. It was my mm. because I'm such an emotional eater. And so I had a hundred and 
70 plus pounds to lose. And that was daunting. And so I started this journey and I actually became a health coach for this incredible program that I've been doing. And I was a 300 pound health coach. And I remember thinking, who would ever want me to be their coach? Because here I am, over 300 pounds. I've struggled with my weight my whole life. But I was like, I knew I had a passion for helping people. I knew I loved helping people. And I knew that it would help me. So I started coaching and helping other people. And hundreds of people linked arms with me. And together, over the last few years, I've been able to lose. So far, I've lost 135 pounds. I dropped under the 200 mark, which is, I was able to take that off my vision board. <laughs> that is awesome, Mandy. Which was wow. so big to take that off my vision board because I worked on that for my whole life, pretty much. <laughs> wow. Okay. So this is so cool because I think it gets to a point with some of us, with all of us, where we might have, whether they're on a vision board or in the back of our minds or deep in our hearts somewhere, we have these long-term hopes, these dreams. And as time goes by, I think every year that goes by that we don't see substantial progress toward those dreams, we log it as like a data point against our ability to to do anything about it. And those negative voices start to creep in And so I'm just dying to know, obviously, there's a lot of factors that played into how you were able to break through that. And I'm just curious what other thoughts you have for our listeners and the role of letting go of those negative voices and how to do that in order to get the new results and to chase those dreams. Yeah, I love that question, Neil. And it it would probably take me a long time to answer that because there's so many different strategies that I've learned. But I will say because I've been working on my health. I I want to be completely transparent, Neil. I want to be very upfront that this did not happen to me overnight. I'm a food addict. I'm an emotional eater. I'm a binge eater. I turn to food for comfort. And over the last few years, as anyone, life has happened. There's been some struggles that we've gone through as a little family. And what I'm the most proud of is that I haven't given up. And the biggest thing I've done is I've turned off the word diet from my mind. I no longer say I'm on a diet. I say I'm making changes. I'm creating, I'm creating a new life for myself. I'm creating these new healthy habits for the rest of my life. So number one, Neil, I would say that has been the biggest help for me is recognizing that this is going to be a lifestyle change and that it's not going to happen fast. The second thing that's helped me a ton is that I've messed up. It's been good that I've messed up because every time I've messed up, I get back up and I, and I get back on again. And if I did it perfectly and I never messed up, I don't think I would be able to have sustained it, but I've proven to myself over and over again, that I can do it. And it's taken a lot of pitfalls and learning and being open. And I I follow an amazing program that has an educational piece 
that really helps you rewrite your story. And I have a coach that's my accountability partner, which really helps. There's like a lot of tools that I've used. How neat is that? Because I think the airwaves are flooded with people that it's all in the past tense. And I love your humility. I love your transparency. And I think that is so refreshing to hear that, right? Because and and this also ties into what needs to be let go of. We talk about let go and play. And it is so important that we let go not only of those negative voices, and we talked about that a little bit, but of the perfectionism that thwarts our progress. And like you said, you have fallen down, and but you've gotten back up. And that's the important thing. Perfectionism is like the Achilles heel of progress because the second you mess up or the second you're not meeting this impossible standard, then your perceived capability plummets, your self-esteem goes down and you're tempted to give up. And so I love that you brought that up and that we need to just let go of all of that and play and fall forward and stumble toward the light. I love everything that you're sharing and uh, yeah. it's just so good. And Neil, like I coach, I've coached almost a thousand people the last few years. And the biggest thing I tell them and I tell myself as I'm telling them is this is about imperfect progress. It doesn't matter. Even when you mess up, you're progressing because you're not giving up. And, and I have clients that want to lose five pounds. I have clients that want to lose 200 pounds. And it's been fascinating to see everyone's the same. They all are struggling with emotional eating and they all are, they don't feel good about themselves. And not to go too much in a tangent about this, but I do feel passionately that when we allow food to control our life, we literally are imprisoning ourselves. And when we realize that we are imprisoning ourselves with our habits and we break free, that's when we feel freedom. And so if you're ever feeling trapped, when you think of the word diet, that's why you feel trapped because diet is like food jail. But when you can awaken your mind and be like, no, this is, I'm freeing myself because I'm actually empowering to make a choice. I'm not letting my emotions rule. I am choosing what I do. And that does not just happen overnight. But no. it's what I love and it's what I've fallen in love with. And so it's something I do a lot. And so I'm working on I'm working on my last, I don't know how much weight I need to lose because I've never been thin before. I'm like in the 180s right now. I'm thinking I want to be in the 150s. And now on my vision board, I took off the 200 and then I put on there, okay, you can do it. And it says 150 by June 1st. I do want to talk for a minute about dates. I don't like Please. to date some things because I don't like to disappoint myself. But I think it's good to do every once in a while. Use your discretion. But for me, when I say June 1st, it puts that out there that I'm serious about it. Like I'm putting a date on it. And I've put dates on things before and I didn't reach it. And I'm fine because I just update it. When I don't reach it, I'm always closer than I would have been. And so don't shy away from putting dates on things, but just know that it will happen when it's meant to happen, but it will get you closer to your goal. And so now I have on there, 
I want to get to my goal weight. I have seven little things on my vision board to help me get there. And so as those things happen, I can take them off. And then I have a little book that I would like sheet protectors that I put the things in my book that I achieve. And the other thing I want to say about vision boards is sometimes you have to put things back up. Like I did gain mm. back some weight and I got back over 200 pounds and I hated putting it back up on my vision board, but I've now taken it back off again. And now I'm like committed to not doing that again. But I think it's important to have humility to recognize that it, it evolves and it changes and it's okay if it has to do that. Well, and I love this concept too, because I think especially right now, we're still January. We're just barely, what, two weeks in, not even two weeks in. We have the resolutions on the mind and and goals. And it's so important that we accept and build on our progress, whatever that progress is. And so, yeah, you set a date. We're afraid to do that because we don't want to fail, right? There's the let go and play principle that needs to come in there. But once we get rid of that perfectionism and we are moving forward, we're setting goals, we're taking actions. I think like you mentioned, it is so important to just adjust it. You set a target, you strived for it. it even if you didn't get there, that's okay. Accept that. Don't reject it. Don't put up the wall. You just have to build on that and keep moving forward. And so and goal setting, I want to just take a one more um, pause here. And if you were already going to share more about goal setting, then forgive me, but what can you tell our listeners about goal setting? And, and I know you've already shared a lot, but I know we have the vision board and then you say you break it down into smaller pieces. Are you treating your vision board as your goal setting dashboard as well? Or is, is it a formal process? Talk to me a little bit more about the goal setting part in particular. That's a good question. I guess I just haven't really analyzed what I do that much, Neil. But I think I just, na- my brain is naturally, I guess you're right. I guess my vision board is just like a work in progress. And I constantly update things. I take things off. I put things on. I chunk it down. Another thing I think that's really powerful about goal setting is to have an open mind. And sometimes you just have to pause And you have to ask yourself, because we know ourselves the most, what we need to do. And I think it's important to check in with ourselves and check in what we need to do. And we have to be aware. The other thing is, if we're not constantly updating what we want in our life, like Jack Canfield talks a lot about the haves, do's, and be's, things you want to have, things you want to do, things you want to be. And if I think it's important to constantly be updating that. And so as we're goal setting, we can make sure they're aligned with what we want. But I I will always say, simplify it. Don't make it, don't make it hard, make it fun. I think it's fun now. I, I really don't think it's daunting anymore. Goal setting is fun and it just comes. The more you do it, it's like priming the pump for the water. The more you do it, all of a sudden, it's just, it starts coming and you start having more clarity of what you want to create. But it didn't happen overnight. It's taken me years. It's really cool. One thing I do want to mention, Neil, about that I really like about 
how vision boards work is often things come in flashes. So I reached under 200 pounds. Then within a month, we were able to buy our dream house. That was on my vision wow. board. That was a huge one. And it, those things happened within a few weeks of each other. And then another big goal I had was I wanted to be able to stop doing my corporate America job. And I wanted to be home, working from home with my daughter. And that was on my vision board for a few years. And then that happened within a few months after that. So it was like, <laughs> I spent years dreaming of these things, dreaming of my dream house, dreaming of weighing under 200 pounds, dreaming of being home with my daughter, all these things. And all of a sudden they just all happened. And so I just want to infuse hope in people that it's so possible and you just have to believe and you don't, you won't always know how it's going to happen. You won't. So don't overthink it. Just be with it and just allow the universe to help it happen. I appreciate you sharing that to not overthink it, to not overcomplicate it. I'm a very process driven and detail oriented person. And so I think actually I also, I have a program called the purpose driven professional and we talk about life mapping vision boards. That's all a part of there. And sometimes I think the approach can be overly complicated and daunting which is not good, especially at the beginning for someone who's really transitioning into this as a habit and an approach to life. And I love that. Don't overthink it. Just get familiar and bought into the concept and believe in it, but don't let the mechanics get too scare you away. So I, I really love that tip. Thank you so much for sharing. We talked a little bit about mindset and I think it's so important to to factor in mindset and to change those things that are preventing us from moving forward. Do you have any tips for first-time vision boarders who they're getting warmed up to the idea, they, they're hearing these stories about results, but they still have a lot of that doubt or, or the mindset's not quite there, or, or maybe as a coach and you don't have to give away any of your secrets, but I'm just curious, how do you help those people that are getting into this world for the first time? I, I think it's just baby steps. And that's how I was when I started. We have to remember, I didn't hang it up for months. Remember that I was a little skeptical of it and it was daunting to me and it wasn't fun. Now it's fun, but it's taken time for it to be fun. So you don't get to walk into it feeling confident. You know what I mean? That's just not how life works. Anything that's going to be amazing in your life, it takes work to get there. And I'm not saying that to deflate anybody. I'm saying it to hopefully make you realize that Yes, I'm talking to I'm talking about it from a stance of doing it for years and and it's completely my life is completely unrecognizable than it was 6 years ago. And in every way, I could keep going. There's more things, but we don't have enough time. Um, <laughs> but it's just it's like living it's like living a fairy tale. I love Cinderella. She's my favorite Disney princess because she's <laughs> girl because she always talks about a dream is a wish our heart makes when we're fast asleep. And that shows to me, no matter how your heart is grieving, if you keep on believing your dreams 
that you wish will come true. And I feel like when we start, we are grieving. We're grieving disappointment and life, especially this year, man. Oh, This has been one of the best years of my life. There you go, vision. Like here, here you go, vision. <laughs> this has been one of the best years for me because I'm literally getting to live the life of my dreams. And even everything in our climate that's been going on hasn't even diminished my joy because I'm living the life of my dreams and I've created it. But to back up a little, because I know I'm talking up in the clouds, I tend to live in a place called Mandyland. <laughs> Y'all get to visit Mandyland for a few minutes. But I didn't start that way, Neil. I didn't start. I was just what you described. And I just had to trust Jack Hanfield, Kirk Duncan, other people, Rachel Hollis, Oprah Winfrey, other people that have gone the path. What's the actor's name? Oh, gosh. He's always doing vision boards, and he's hilarious. Dumb and Dumber. Jim Carrey. He's big in vision boards, too. Yes. So there's all these people that are really big in vision boards, and I just had to... Go into it believing that if, if it works for other people, it can, so maybe you just have to believe my story and be like, okay. And it can just start with one thing. It can start with one thing. And you don't have to, you can follow somebody that's done it. And, and like Jack Canfield, he breaks it down for you. And I appreciate that as well. So I don't have to make up the process. For, right. at the I love so much of what you shared I don't want to leave Mandy land. This is fun. <laughs> One last thing that I want to make sure I at least point out and you can add any comments you want to, but I love how in your story, we've all been through the school of hard knocks. You have been through a lot and have made some incredible changes in your life. But what I love in your story was a huge catalyst for a lot of the change it was really your children. And your daughter and your son were huge catalysts for you to really take on that, I'm sure, daunting goal, especially the health and getting that where you wanted it to be. And so I hope, and again, look outward as a principle, the crown jewel, if you will, of the principles that we teach here on the Happiness Playbook. And it's so important. And I think when we double down on that outward focus on that charity, on that service part of our souls, that can really um, be the bigger catalyst for the change we want in our lives. And I, I think I'll go out on a limb and say all of the truly impactful and long-term positive change that we can do in our lives will always result from a, a place of love and charity and outward focus. And so I love that you brought that in as well, part of your story. And one thing with it, really, it's some, it really, if you want to summarize that, it's the why. It's when, yes. when you're asking about goal setting and how do you do goal setting, it's, and this definitely we use a lot for health is, I'll use health as an example, because that's what I focus on a lot, but you can use it for every goal that you're setting is when your why is so strong. My babies are my why and one's on earth, one's in heaven, but they're my why. And they, when I made that so strong, when you have something that you're working towards, it, it, it propels you forward and it makes all the difference. And so that definitely is near and dear to my heart. And that's when I finally could make a change 
And so if you're feeling like you keep trying using health as an example, but if you keep trying to lose weight, losing weight, you're just yo-yoing. Really what I recommend you do is there's a thing you can find if you Google it, it's called seven levels deep. And you just, it asks you the same question over and over again, but it helps you identify why you want something. And the, the more you can be crystal clear on that in those moments when you really want to be lazy and you, your natural man comes into play and your natural lazy self comes into play, you can <laughs> challenge and choose and you can get more intentional about what you want. And the more you do that, it becomes really easy and it becomes second nature. And that's really been what has helped me the most. And I love helping other people. I love helping people find their happy and find that freedom for themselves. It's truly been, I can't believe now I get paid for it. And every dollar I earn means somebody's life is being impacted. And that blows my mind. Again, it's like I'm living in a fairy tale that I get to help other people do the same thing. And it's amazing. I love it so much. That is so cool. You're amazing. Thank you so oh. much for these. Mandy, I I wish we could just sit here and just stay in Mandy land. All, th- all good things must come to an end, I guess. I hate that saying, actually. You could just come to my page. Mandy Florence Mon is my Facebook page. I mostly just post about Mandyland. You can follow me. <laughs> Anyone that wants to follow me, feel free. Mandy Florence Mon, that's my Facebook. And I pretty much just post about living in Mandyland all day. So Yes. Yes. And this is perfect. I was gonna ask if our listeners want more Mandyland, how do they get in touch with you? So go to the Facebook page she just described and we'll put it in the show notes as well. You can just text me. And we can connect. My phone number is 801-899-5591. That's my phone number. So you can text me. We can be friends. Yay. Wow. Everyone's got her phone number now to to tap into Mandyland at a moment's notice. That is so fun. Thank you so much for sharing one last question. And we've shared lots of very good tips but we always like to end on maybe one more, we call them pro tips. One thing that our listeners can apply in their lives to really get traction and to develop the skill of happiness. So what pro tip would you share or reiterate with our listeners? So my pro tip for you is that I really feel strongly that positivity is the key. There's a book called The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker. I don't know if you've read it before. Love that book. I, again, I love being happy. I love being in Mandy land. I love positivity. And oh my goodness, when you can just look at life out of what I can learn, even when you go through trials, the more you can look at life as how can I learn? How can I grow? What can I find good out of this? I promise you, you're going to be so much happier. And if you're watching the news and you're just getting depressed, I really don't watch the news. And I just really focus on growth and I focus on love and I focus on positivity and how I can help other people. It just makes me happy. And so my tip for you would be if, if you're spending a lot of time in the news, just take a break from it and just look inward and look at 
what sets your soul on fire, what makes you happy and spend some time there and you will shine. Yes, that is a great pro tip, Mandy. Thank you so much for coming on and opening your arms, opening the gates of Mandy land for a little bit here. This was amazing. And we are so lucky and grateful to have you on our team because life is a team sport. So thank you so much. Of course. Thanks, Neil. This was so fun. And I really hope you make a vision board. And I really, I'm saying this to anyone listening and just do it and hang it up and don't overthink it. And we want to see anyone who's willing to share, if you're listening to this right now, make a vision board, just something super basic. And again, we mentioned Kirk Duncan. He says, if you don't have anything fancy yet, just get painter's tape and make a square on your wall with the painter's tape and just start putting pictures up on the wall if it needs to be that basic. But make a vision board and share it with us. We would love to see it. I'm sure Mandy would love to see it oh, too. I would. So. I would totally love to see it. So you guys are awesome. And I can't wait for you to live the life of your dreams because you're going to have so much fun. Yes. Thanks again, Mandy. Thanks, Neil. Wow. I hope you enjoyed being in Mandy land as much as I did. Accept and build on where you are right now. Let go of the pessimism and those negative voices inside your head that are holding you back articulate your dreams, make a vision board, and chase those dreams at full speed. Practice happiness today and always, and never forget that happiness is a skill and life is a team sport. Catch you next week.